Well, good morning. Welcome to another beautiful spring morning, right? For those of you who are up early, you saw, I think it stopped snowing now, right? It's not snowing out there anymore, but uh, for those of us who came and were setting up this morning, it was like uh, spring is never going to come. So uh, I promise it is at some point, but at this rate, with all the snow we have, we want it to come slowly, right? Because the next thing we'll be doing is having flooding. So, uh, but we're just blessed, aren't we? Aren't we blessed for I, the drought that we've been experiencing? I know the snow that we've been getting, I mean, that's, that's answered prayers, isn't it? So while right now we're complaining about it, in a few months we're going to be complaining that it's 100 degrees. So um, it's all perspective. Uh, so we are back in the book of Mark, surprise, surprise. Um, we've been going through this series just a piece at a time. We're really digging into it, uh, trying to get, you know, pull as much meaning from it as we can. Because there's just, the, the gospel of Mark, as we've talked about, is a really fast-moving gospel. called the action gospel because it just cruises right through Jesus' ministry. And so we've really been taking our time with it and, and talking about it. Um, and we are in chapter 2 again today. We're going to be finishing chapter 2, moving into chapter 3. And what we've been calling this segment is challenging religion. And as I've mentioned before, uh, we, we talk about, we're using this word religion, but we mean a specific type of religion, okay? Because religion, as we've, as we've talked about, the definition of religion is just really how you live out your relationship with God. So that, that's not what we're talking about exactly. There's nothing wrong with that. That's exactly what we should be doing. We should be allowing our relationship with God to be lived out, to be witness to those people around us, Right? Uh, but what we're really talking about is, is when religious systems and, and rules, when they kind of take precedence over this relationship with God, that's where we see religion become toxic. So we're talking about this, this type of toxic religion, and that's what we really see happening um, with the religious leaders in Jesus' time. So um, we see him encounter this this group of people that, are, that tend to be religious leaders, um, they're called the Pharisees. And they were, they were the most influential Jewish group during this time. And they, act, they exercised power and control over the synagogues. <clears throat> now, the term Pharisee, it actually means separated one. Now, maybe in an effort to try to identify themselves as living holy lives. So, so holy actually means to be set apart. Okay, so maybe, maybe they're trying to, to, you know, call themselves this as, as trying to, to live out holy lives. They're trying to define themselves as being set apart that way. But what we find is that the, the Pharisees' teachings are leading to kind of a, a corruption of God's law. They're at, they keep adding more and more rigid rules that they come up with, and they're striving to be more and more holy. So I think... You know, we, we read about the Pharisees, and we read about Jesus' encounters with them, and we, and we tend to look down on them. We tend to really judge them, right? But, but really, I think their intentions, they probably had good intentions to start out with. And a lot of times, we have good intentions with a lot of things. But if we don't put God at the, at the start of it, at the head of it, it, it just ends up becoming corrupt. Um, and so what we see is that the rules and laws that they, that they developed led further and further away from the originally intended purpose of God's law, of the law of Moses that the nation of Israel was commanded to, to follow at the time. And we've all heard that phrase, the spirit of the law versus the letter 
of the law, haven't we? The original intention of the law, you know, the legislators, they, they, they'd lost the focus of that, the spirit of the law. They, they'd lost that purpose of the law, um, the purpose of the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses. It was to guide the nation of Israel in leading lives that would please God, that would, that would, um, that would really not just even please God, but would really bring a full life to them, that full, purposeful lives. Now, obeying the law did not bring salvation. They were saved by God through his, his promise to them, his promise to save them. It was, they were saved by their faith in God. But obedience to the law, it was an expression of their faith. That was the, 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 the point of it. It was a, an expression of faith, gratitude, and love for God. That's why they obeyed the law of Moses. That's what they were supposed to be following that for. In our, in our reading today, we're going to see how Jesus, he addresses this conflicting devotion between religious laws and pleasing God. So here's our, our key question today. I want you to ask yourself, what pleases God? What really pleases God? Is it, is it strict obedience to a set of rules, set of laws? Or is it loving others? Is that what pleases God? Today, as we read, we're going to, be, um, we're going to see the part of the law that becomes a point of contention today. And, it's ha- and it has to do with the Sabbath. Okay? We're going to be reading, um, like I said, in chapter 2, we're going to be starting in, in 23. Um, and Jesus, he's going to be comparing love to legalism. Um, now, let's talk about the Sabbath. Observing the Sabbath is one of the Ten Commandments. God intends for it to be a useful reminder for his creation to rest from, wor- rest from work and spend time in worship. Okay? So let's, let's go back and read in Exodus, back in the, where the Ten Commandments are laid out, and, and talk about this law of keeping the Sabbath. It says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. See, the Sabbath was created to be a day of rest and reflection. and actually comes from this Hebrew word Shabbat, which means to rest, stop, or cease from work. See, God knows how, as humans, how distracted and, and busy we are and how poorly we prioritize things in our lives. And the nation of Israel was no different than we are today. I think today we can admit that, right? We can admit how, how just busy we are. We're just so busy, 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 right? But I also think about how, how easy our lives really are compared to how their lives were back then. I mean, we're, we're struggling to, you know, work and make money. But, I mean, they were, they were working to survive, really. And so you imagine how busy we think we are and how busy they probably were with the, the ease that we live today. But he commanded this. He commanded them to rest. He commanded the Israelites to set the seventh day of the week aside from their busy lives to rest and recognize him, to recognize God. 
Now, in one way, this was, this was kind of this was the, the way that the nation of Israel modeled God to the rest of the world by imitating this pattern that God displayed when he created the world. So in creation, we read, you know, that, that in, for in six days the Lord had made heaven and earth, the sea, all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. See, the Sabbath, it was, it was people who follow God were meant to point people to God, right? We're meant to live lives that reflect God. And so, so in doing this, they were, they were pointing people to God. They were imitating God in a way. But it was also intended to be a time of remembrance. In fact, in Deuteronomy, which is it's kind of like Moses' last sermon to the nation of Israel before they go and they, they, t- they take the promised land, it's like his last instructions to them. Um, he repeats the Ten Commandments to them. And he actually reminds them of their rescue from slavery in the land of Egypt. See, God had, God had rescued the, them from, from slavery, led them across the wilderness, and now they're going to go take the promised land. And he reminds them of that. He teaches that observing the Sabbath for them, it should be a celebration of their rescue from Egypt, a rescue from a life of, of no rest. There was no rest. They were slaves. And so the Sabbath, I mean, they, this should be a celebration that God's instructed them, you've been rescued from a life of nothing but work. Take this day of rest and recognize that and remember what you were rescued from. He'd rescued them from that life and, and they could now rest and remember what he'd done for them. But the Pharisees, in their zeal to go above and beyond, they completely missed the point of Sabbath observance. See, Pharisees were well known for adding extra rules to barricade themselves and others from breaking the law. They did this to the point that loving and caring for others took a back seat to religious duties. In fact, they came up with so many rules for the Sabbath, things that you couldn't do, that it probably became much less a day of rest um, and rather turned into a day of striving to follow each and every rule that they were supposed to follow. The day of, the day of rest turned into a day of stress. Humans are pretty good at taking things that should bring enjoyment and turning them into work, don't we? Um, have you ever known anybody who gets like a, a brand new shiny car? You know, it's, it's their baby and they, they wash it and polish it up and, and, and then they keep it in their garage and they never, ever drive it. Has anybody ever known a person like that? It's funny, isn't it? Like they get this, this awesome automobile to enjoy and they never enjoy it. It becomes work. You know, how many of us have seen a hobby or activity that, that we get into turn into work rather than pleasure because we just, we just go overboard with it? You know, we just take it, take it too far and, and it becomes more work than fun. And we just, we miss the point. This is, this is kind of my observation, and I could be totally wrong. I know there are people in here who love, you know, camping and taking your ATVs out. Um, I've seen my, some of my neighbors spend probably like four days packing up for a two-day trip to come home and spend another four days unpacking. I mean, it just, it's insane to me. But, hey, if, if that's fun for them and that's fun for some of you guys, that's great. I don't want to knock it. Um, 
But back to our main point, the Sabbath, it was, it was meant to be a blessing, okay? It was meant to be a blessing, but it became just another set of rules to follow instead. Here's some of the extra rules that the religious leaders over time had started to put on the Sabbath, okay? They could not draw water from a well. They cannot walk more than 1,000 cubits, which is about a third of a mile. Um, they can't carry anything from outside of the house to the inside of the house, and they couldn't do vice versa either. They couldn't carry something from the inside of the house to the outside of the house because that would be seen as work. In fact, they weren't even allowed to prepare a meal. They, that was considered work if they prepared a meal. So you can imagine it's probably pretty easy to break the rules of the Sabbath of the religious leaders of this day, right? So let's read and see what Jesus does on the Sabbath that draws the outrage of the Pharisees. We're going to see two different issues come up on this Sabbath day that he does. Okay, So, as I said, we're going to be starting in verse 23. On, the, on one Sabbath day, as Jesus was walking through some grain fields, his disciples began breaking off heads of grain to eat. But the Pharisees said to Jesus, Look, why are they breaking the law by harvesting grain on the Sabbath? Now, here's the real question is, what law are they talking about? Are they talking about God's law laid out in the, God of, in, the, in, the, in the law of Moses? Or are they talking about man's law? Are they talking about these laws that religious leaders had come up with over time? See, it wasn't a law that God had commanded that was broken. It was one they had developed. Because we know by reading Deuteronomy... It says, if you go into your neighbor's standing grain, you may pluck the ears with your hand, but you shall not put, you shall not put a sickle to your neighbor's standing grain. So, like I said, what are, what are they even, what are even talking about? They've, they've put so many rules and regulations and, and things into place to prevent this work ever happening that, that it's just become ridiculous. They weren't harvesting a field says don't put a sickle to, the, to it, right? That Meaning don't harvest the field. That's work. They're not doing that. They're, they're plucking some, some grain to eat. They're hungry they're, while they're traveling. See, this is the problem when, when men inject their own ideas into God's law and into his word. It not only ends up straying away from following God's law to following man's law, but eventually... As, as things just, you, they just pile on and pile on, it seems like at, in the end, they, they end up contradicting God's law altogether. All they contradict it. See, Jewish rule and tradition passed down over time created this continually growing list of prohibited activities for the Sabbath, as I've mentioned. And according to the Pharisees, according to what they thought, Jesus' disciples <clears throat> had broken the Sabbath. But that was according to them, not according to the original law of Moses given directly by God. Now, you and I, if somebody, um, say this happened and, and somebody accuses us of breaking the Sabbath, right? Put yourselves in this position. What would, what would you and I do? We'd probably just go, uh, well, right here, right? Have kind of a... a no, right here, this, this, says, this says differently. This says I'm allowed to do that. 
But Jesus doesn't respond that way. He responds differently. Um, He isn't here to debate Jewish law. His aim is to teach the purpose of the law and to show eventually the fulfillment of the law in him. That's what his purpose is. That's what his ministry is about. So rather than go and just have this this debate with him, here's, here's what Jesus says. He says, Haven't you ever read in the scriptures what David did when he and his companions were hungry? He went into the house of God during the days when Abiathar was high priest and broke the law by eating the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests were allowed to eat. He also gave some to his companions. See, rather than have this legal debate with the Pharisees, he reminds them of an Old Testament story about King David. King David, I mean, considered one of the great heroes of Judaism. You can read the story in 1 Samuel chapter 21. Um, But David and his men, they are on the run from King Saul, who's trying to kill him. And they're they're starving, they're living in the wilderness, and so they're starving for food, and, and so David, he ends up going to the, to the priest, and he asks for food. But the priest tells him that there's no food except the bread of the presence. Okay? Once a week on the Sabbath, a priest would enter the holy place in the tabernacle, and he placed 12 loaves of freshly baked bread, called the bread of the presence, on a table. And it symbolized God's presence among his people, the 12 tribes of Israel. And it could actually only be eaten by the priests who were serving. But the priest, he ends up giving David the bread. He gives him this bread that only the priests were supposed to eat. Obviously, this priest, he understood God's priorities better than the Pharisees that Jesus is talking to. Jesus shares this story to explain that human need takes precedence over ceremonial law. See, the Pharisees, they they prioritized Sabbath laws over Sabbath rest. That was where their priority was at. But God's commandments, as I mentioned before, they were given to help live a more fulfilling and purposeful life. They are not meant to cause suffering. They're not meant to be a burden. They're not meant to to cause stress. The principles behind every one of God's commands leads to the best life that God could have for us, including the Sabbath. Jesus says to him, he says, the Sabbath was made to meet the needs of people and not people to meet the requirements of the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. See, the Sabbath, as he says, it was created for the good of people. It was created for man, for spiritual and physical restoration from a busy, hard-working, tedious life. God created the Sabbath for our benefit, not his own. God doesn't get anything from us taking a day of rest. He created it for us. If the Sabbath becomes a, a burden then it's missed the purpose. The purpose has been defeated. And toxic religion, as we talked about, it always, it always ends up corrupting laws that God has given. That the Pharisees, you know. But 
this was, so this was the first thing that, that the Pharisees, you know, took exception with with Jesus on this day. But Jesus, he's not done rocking the boat yet. <laughs> if that wasn't enough, we're going to see uh, the Pharisees take issue with him again. Jesus, he's going to respond to the toxic religious leaders of his day by correcting their interpretation of Scripture. And his actions show that God cares about love over legalism. See, if we read on, now we're getting into chapter 3. Jesus went into the synagogue again, and he noticed a man with a deformed hand. Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched him closely. If he healed the man's hand, they planned to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. It doesn't sound like there's much rest for these guys either, does it? They're, they're obsessed with spending all this effort just supervising Jesus, just trying to catch him in something. You know, they want to catch him in any violation of the law that they can. They're more concerned about Jesus breaking the Sabbath than about even this man's condition, his poor condition. They're more concerned with trying to destroy rather than building up God's kingdom. Do we see this today? Do we see this type of thing? I know that um, I'll watch, you know, different pastors and things on YouTube sometimes, and, and, and uh, there are some, and I, I don't want to name names or anything, but sometimes I think this is what they're doing. They're being like these people where they're going out and they're finding every other ministry they can and finding reasons to criticize them, finding, finding nitpicking little things to point out. And I wonder, you know, how much do we really, how much are we sometimes like the Pharisees, sometimes like these, these people who just want to go and, and pinpoint, pick out things that other people are doing wrong, instead of focusing on what we're supposed to be focusing on, we're supposed to be loving people, we're supposed to be sharing God's love, not, not God's legalism. So Jesus, he says to the man with the deformed hand, says, come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. So he looks around at them angrily. was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, Hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand, and it was restored. At once, the Pharisees went away and met with the supporters of Herod to plot how to kill Jesus. The culmination, toxic religion, is really apparent here. Toxic religion brings death rather than life. Religious, religious leaders whose, whose duty it is to point people to God instead become enemies of God because they become lost in their own legalism. And Jesus, right here, he thrusts their hypocrisy right into the light, right into the spotlight. He could, have, he could have healed this man any other way, couldn't he? We read all the time throughout the scriptures, you know, Jesus can heal somebody not even near him just by, by speaking it. By making it so. He could have waited till a day later. He could have done it without bringing the man out in front of everybody. He could have healed him without anybody even knowing. The man could have gone away 
later that night and been healed. But he didn't do that. Jesus needed to demonstrate just how lost in their toxic religion these people are. I mean, look at this. They couldn't even, they couldn't even celebrate this miracle. They couldn't even celebrate that this man's hand was healed. What do they do instead? They go and they, they, they plot to kill Jesus. How sad is that? They couldn't even celebrate. And this, this as, as we read here, this angers Jesus. He, he's burning with this righteous anger, but mostly it saddened him. It saddened Jesus. Their hard hearts prevented them from doing what they were supposed to be doing, and that's loving others. And, more importantly, it prevented them from recognizing their Messiah, who was there before them. The one who had come to fulfill the promise that God had made. To rescue humanity from sin and rebellion. See, the, the Pharisees and the, the scribes, the religious leaders, they had a duty to study Scripture. They were, the, they were the, the most knowledgeable in the Scriptures. The most knowledgeable. They were supposed to be teaching the people, and they were supposed to be um, looking forward to the coming of the Savior, to recognize Him when He came. But instead, they missed it. They should have been celebrating Him, and they missed it. Instead, they become enemies of him. They plot to kill him. Caught up in their own self-righteousness and devotion to rules and laws over a relationship with God, they totally missed it. And they completely missed God's heart. His heart, his, his heart, um, what missed out on what pleases God. See, obedience... Yes, obedience pleases God. Our obedience to what God has told us to do. But the more important thing um, Jesus is going to tell us, another time when, when he's being um, tested by the Pharisees, he's, he's asked by one of the Pharisees, what, which commandment is the greatest? Okay? And he lays it out very plainly, as Jesus always does. Here's what ultimately pleases him. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. That's it right there. Jesus laid it out. That, that, this is what the law is meant to point to. If it's not, if it's pointing to us attacking people, trying to tear other people down, then we've missed it. We've missed the spirit of the law. This right here is the purpose of all the laws. All the, every, every, direction that, every directive that God has laid out before us points to this, to love God and love people. And the ultimate act of love was demonstrated by what Jesus did for us. Out of his love for us to rescue us from our massive debt of sin that could only be paid by death and eternal separation from God if we paid that. Jesus suffered that death that we all deserve. And he wiped out our debt. Now what Jesus said on the cross right before he gives up 
his life is this word tetelestai. And this word, it's an accounting term that means paid in full. That's what it was. Jesus paid that debt in full. He did all the work. He did what we could not. The work is done and it's finished. And so our Sabbath, our eternal rest is found now in Jesus and the work that he did in our place. That's what we celebrate now with the Sabbath. We rest in him. And it's an eternal rest, an eternal victory that Jesus won. And if you haven't put your faith in Jesus yet for that, I'd encourage you to come talk to somebody today. Come, come talk to me or, or, or maybe somebody that you came with. Uh, because there really is a rest in this. There's a freedom when you actually accept this free gift of grace that he's offered And I would love to help you understand what that decision means. So, like I said, come talk to us. Um, Let's pray. Lord, we are so grateful for your ministry, Jesus, that you came down. And it's it's so amazing that we continue as humans that you love to get lost over and over and over again. We get caught up in our own ideas, our own our own striving um, to make ourselves holy, to, do, to, to take the work upon ourselves. Lord, it started clear back in the beginning in Genesis when they wanted to be their own, when Adam and Eve wanted to be their own gods, essentially. But God, you didn't create us for that. You created us to be in communion with you, to walk with you, to let you be the Lord of our lives. That's what really brings a, a whole fulfilling life. And so, Lord, as we, as we read these stories of people in the Bible who do the same thing as we continue to do today, getting caught up in, in rules and regulations and, and, and trying to point things out in everybody around us except ourselves, Lord, I pray that, that we would really humble ourselves to receive the areas uh, of that to be opened up to, to you just changing us, to changing our perspective to really changing our hearts, to, to give us that, that soft, tender heart that you desire that can love you more fully and love others. Because, Lord, that's what you've called us to do. We're asked to be your hands and feet. And to be that, we need to love others. To be your hands and feet, we need to do what Jesus did and express that love, that devotion for serving other people, loving other people, and And more importantly, pointing them to you, Lord, above everything else. That's what we're called to do. And we can only do that by expressing your love to them. Lord, we love you. We thank you. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.